In the fall of 2020, I received a bundle of transcripts with a note asking me to speak for the dead when they themselves cannot. I do not know what these stories contain, but I am asking you not to fear. Though the dead may speak through us, they can do us no harm. These are the Graveyard Chronicles. Transcript 14 The Gold Circle Every place has its urban legends. Mine was no different. Why should it be? It's always good with a bit of entertainment. Twenty years ago, they expanded the tube line around the area where I grew up. Nothing very thrilling about it. They just added a few extra lines, so more people could hopefully get to work on time. At first, everything was fine. They almost finished the work on time, and the mayor came out to one of the stations, and there was a whole ceremonial procedure, and everyone was very excited to try out the new lines. What nobody knew back then was that one of the lines, the gold circle, would, well, get a bit of a reputation. It wasn't really a line that many people took, running from a very small station in my neighbourhood into the city. But after a few months, people who did use that line began telling their families that there was something off about it. They claimed that they would get into the carriage and lose track of time, literally. The clocks on their watches and mobile phones would stop and not start working until they arrived at the station in the city. There were stories about passengers seeing people in the near-empty carriages that would disappear out of the blue. These were all just rumours, of course. So, when I got a job in the city about a year ago and had to take the gold circle line to work, I wasn't too worried. Every morning, I would get up at six, have breakfast, get dressed, and head off to the station. There were maybe ten of us there every morning at that time. Most of us with slightly puffy eyes and to-go cups of coffee in our hands. The good thing about the small number of us was that it was always easy to get a seat to yourself, not having to worry about sitting close to someone who had forgotten to put on deodorant that morning. On my first day at the new job, I'd slept badly the night before, so I was exhausted before the day had even started. I put my headphones in, leaned back in my seat and closed my eyes, hoping to get a little rest before my stop. Someone tapped me on the shoulder. I opened my eyes to see an elderly woman of the Miss Marple type, kind eyes and fluffy grey hair, knitting vigorously. I took off my headphones. Yes? Oh, excuse me, young man. I was just wondering if you know what time it is. She asked. I looked at my phone. It says 7.30 here, but... I wouldn't necessarily count on that. Clocks go a bit crazy on this line. Really? How peculiar.
We drove on in silence. When we reached the end station, I got up. I noticed that the old woman stayed in her seat. Not thinking too much of it, I shrugged and made my way to work. The next morning, she was there again, knitting and smiling up at me. Good morning, I said and sat down. Good morning to you too. How was your first day at work? But I told her about my new job yesterday. I must have. It was fine, thank you. A bit nerve-wracking. But I guess starting a new job is always a bit nerve-wracking. Yes, change can most certainly be scary. But you don't want that to hold you back, do you? She said with a twinkle in her eye. No, I replied, smiling, feeling a bit tired. I don't. May I ask you something... indiscreet? Um, sure. What would you like to do with your life? I was taken aback. It was too early in the day for that kind of talk. I'm not really sure. I don't really have a dream or anything. I just want to have a good life, I guess. She nodded looking down at her knitting. That is an admirable sentiment. Sensible too. Do make sure you do the things you want to. Don't hold back. We reached the station. I got up, putting out a hand to help the woman, but she shook her head. You go on, my boy. I'll catch up. It went on like that for a week. Every single morning, I'd get into the carriage and sit down next to the old woman. She was very sweet. I expected her to want to do a bit of small talk, but we always ended up talking about the big things. Religion, how to live life, what I feared and what I hoped for. Even though I quickly realised that my new job was exceptionally boring, I started looking forward to my daily trip into the city in the morning simply because I would be able to talk to the old woman. I never really thought much about the issues with the clocks. One morning, I was about to leave the carriage and waved at the old woman, telling her that I would be seeing her tomorrow. But where she would usually smile and nod at me, she now shook her head in small movements. I stopped in my tracks. Why not? I asked her. I'll be busy tomorrow. I've got a long day ahead of me. But we might see each other sometime. Later in the day. She smiled at me sadly. I frowned and ran out quickly before the doors closed on me. As I walked up the stairs to leave the station, I wondered what on earth the woman would be busy with tomorrow. When I walked into the carriage the next day, my heart sank when the woman wasn't there. Even though I'd already known she wouldn't be present, it still felt strange to sit down all alone. The train drove on at its normal pace. No delays today. Someone had opened a window right next to my seat, and my ears rang with the screeching of the tracks. I stared into the dark window, where my face was reflected back to me 
in a blurry, unfamiliar shape. I looked at my phone. There was clearly something wrong with it. The numbers stating the time, which always stopped in the train, glitched and showed a myriad of numbers. I turned it off, hoping a restart would help. It didn't. The screeching noise got louder. I got up from my seat to close the window. It all happened at once. A deafening sound drowned out everything else. The carriage shook violently, and I fell to the floor, hitting my head against the edge of the seats. The pain shot through me. Several people started screaming. I got up on one elbow slowly, put a hand to the back of my head. It was wet with blood. Struggling to focus, I lifted my head and looked up. The end of the carriage was gone. Instead, the front of another carriage had slammed right into it. Bits of metal lay scattered on the ground. The screams were unbearable to listen to. But I couldn't block them out. Still bodies lay on the seats, the floor, in front of the closed doors. I tried to stand up on my feet, but I was too dizzy. I crawled using my arms, dragging my faint legs after me, over to the scene of the wreckage. Metal and blood. That was all my mind could focus on. Several people were sobbing. I noticed a woman lying at the very edge of the hole in the carriage. Her hair was caked with blood. Her right leg was stuck underneath a large piece of metal. I crawled over to her, tried not to look at the blood, just focused on the tears running into her ears instead. Please. She sobbed, looking at me with a painful grimace. I managed to get up on my knees, used all the strength I had left to push the heavy bit of metal aside. Under it, the woman's leg was... No, I don't want to think about it. I fell back exhausted. Thought I heard shouting voices. Thought I might have just imagined it. A strange noise came from above. I looked up. The other carriage had peeled off some of the ceiling of ours. Strips of metal hung loose like disproportionately large flakes. One of them broke off, fell down, and landed in the middle of my abdomen. The pain was blinding. I opened my mouth to scream, but I just gurgled up blood. The woman next to me said something, but I couldn't hear her. This was it. This was the end. Lying on my back, with my hands on each side of the metal flakes that were stuck in me, I looked up at the ruined ceiling and thought about everything I'd talked to the old woman about since I met her. All the things I wanted to do, to see, and how I would never fulfil any of it now. And just as I thought of her, she appeared out of nowhere, standing over me like a wrinkly, grey-haired angel. I wanted to reach out to her, but I couldn't figure out how to move my arms. I opened my mouth again. The woman kneeled down beside me and put a hand on my forehead.
Shh. Don't try to speak. She stroked my forehead gently with her hand, and I felt my face getting wetter with tears. Blood filled up my throat. But I wanted to ask her something one last time, even though I already knew the answer. Will I die? She smiled that sad smile again. Yes, I'm afraid. She looked around us. Everyone here will die today. You too? I asked between bloody gurgles. I will never die. I can't. She put her hands around mine. I looked at them. Her old hands, my young ones. When I looked back at her again, her face, her entire body had changed. All the fat and muscle had disappeared from her. Her wrinkly skin lay in folds over her prominent bones. The knitted sweater she wore hung loosely on her frame. I knew that I would have a busy day today. There's still a lot of things for me to do here. But I wanted to see you first. She smiled and the saggy flesh on her cheeks lifted up slightly. I've grown quite fond of you, you know. I've appreciated our little talks. The woman whose leg had been crushed was almost completely quiet now. No more sobbing. No more screaming. Just very faint, uneven breaths. Don't be scared. It won't hurt. She leaned over and kissed my forehead. I felt no more pain. The Graveyard Chronicles is a podcast written and directed by Lizzie van Trambe. Subscribe to The Graveyard Chronicles wherever you get your podcasts and leave a review. Thank you for listening. <laughs>